Hello and welcome to another episode of Through Another Lens. Uh, I'm your host Shubhi. This is our weekly Ted Lasso chat where each week we break down the latest episode of season three of the show. Um, so we weren't originally planning on doing an episode this week, uh, what with work and everything, but it was such a good episode that we felt it'd be remiss not to do one, not to talk about this. Uh, as much for all of you to listen to, but I think mainly because... We just wanted to gush about it for some time and just geek out about things. Um, got Emo with me again. Welcome back, Emo. Hi, lovely to be back with the the Diamond Dogs, as you called us last week. <laughs> and a freshly thirty Jackson Fuller. Yes, yeah, so I can bring the new mature perspective to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Jackson, you know, because it's your birthday, I'm gonna give you a. How do I say? I'm going to give you an opportunity to apologize for calling out Trent and in, in I think a previous episode where you said, you know, he's a bad guy. He's I don't trust him. Uh, you can get your apologies <laughs> out now. Uh, you know. Yeah, I look good on the show for uh, fooling me, subverting <laughs> expectations. Um, I really did not see that one coming at all. Yeah, um, it felt like as soon as as soon as he walked, like followed him into the into the bar, like it was it was. Like you knew, like this was, like something was different yeah. about this, like not him being a journalist, right? Like him trying to be trying to be a friend, and uh, I think for me, the out of all the craziness that happened in this episode, the uh, Trent and Colin uh, subplot, and there were a lot of them, was the highlight. I think so. There was just so many different subplots, the different characters doing different things. So let's just start with one and then move through all of them. And I think we have to start with Colin and Trent. Um, so basically, Richmond's in Amsterdam. They're playing a friendly in the middle of the season. Uh, I don't know how that's happening. But in Ted Lasso world, <laughs> stuff like this does happen. Uh, but anyways, they're in Amsterdam. Uh, they lose 5-0. Uh, nice touch of playing Ajax and then the Zava connection and other Zlatan throwback. Uh, nicely done there. But basically, Ted tells the team that, you know, they can go out. They have no curfew. They can do whatever they want. Um, and basically, Colin heads off on his own. Uh, he tells everyone he's sick, goes to a gay bar. Uh, but unknown to him, he's followed by Trent. And the two spend a night together where we find out that Trent is also gay. And he talks about his journey and his story with Colin. And... Uh, you know, this show, I think there have been two moments where I'm not someone who cries when I watch a show, but I think there are two moments in Ted Lasso which has given me a lump in my throat. Uh, one, I think, was season two when, uh, you know, when Roy and Jamie have that hug uh, after Jamie's dad comes in and says all that stuff. And then the other one was this. Um, and I'm going to just read out the line which Colin says, uh, which just just touched me so much he said he said i don't want to be a spokesperson i don't want a bunch of apologies all i want is for when you win a match to be able to kiss my fella the same way the guys get to kiss their girls and i know we can't fix every ache inside of us but i shouldn't have to pretend it's not there either i mean unbelievable like just that entire sequence uh and the night they spent together and them dancing together uh emo what was what did you feel watching that? I think it was just such a lovely contrast to that first moment when we saw Trent 
um, see Colin um, kissing a guy outside and at that moment it's kind of like a sharp intake of breath like oh my god like everything's going to be ruined and then this lovely moment where they're just sat chatting and I think Colin said something about wanting his two lives to just be his one life and I thought that is just like it the script was written so perfectly I think that hopefully a lot of people in his situation will be able to resonate with we've spoken before about the show being like a a blueprint and kind of setting an example for for hopefully for people being able to to speak their their truths and yeah I just think it was it was so lovely and, and something that we thought was going to have such a horrible turn actually has turned out to be so comforting and such a lovely storyline in this so yeah it was I think that was my favorite storyline in this episode so far the entire you know we've been talking about like you know when are they going to bring back the Colin storyline like how are they going to reintroduce that like has that been lost um what a what a way to bring it back huh yeah they i mean they handled it brilliantly um and i i think one of the things i really like a lot about this is not even about Trent or Colin it's uh, still Dr. Sharon like having an impact in this show and in these people's lives um so all the power to uh mental health doctors out there but you know it's it just shows the through line from season to season um I could completely forget you know I, I've been kind of reading trying to read a little bit about the episode um after, after every episode and um because Colin's his his story was such a focal point of this one you know the, the east apparently there was an easter egg last season where he mentions grinder um and like it's just it's just cool to see like just things continuously like coming back from you know where it, something that we heard along the way reappearing later on um and i think the trent aspect of it was really great too because you know trent has talked about his child and uh, a former partner um in in this show before. Um, so it really like, it came out of left field and surprised us in that way. But I'm very much excited to see where this goes from here. Um, because I feel like I say that every episode, but it just feels like Colin has such an opportunity, you know, to kind of be a highlight of this show and this season. And now he's got, he has a support system at least in Trent. And, uh, that probably will mean the world to him and could, uh, be a positive breakthrough for him. I also loved the scene when they're dancing together. Uh just seeing Trent in a nightclub just wearing a t-shirt just moving it about was so it was refreshing. It was just so different. I'm like I've never seen this man like this, you know. And um I also loved the way he told Colin about it, you know, that there wasn't a big showdown there or anything with the way he just says it, right? That I've known for so long and there must be a reason why I haven't told anyone, right? Like there was no point where Trent has this big reveal thing. Like, it's just done in the most natural manner. Um, beautiful. Like, absolutely beautiful scene. I think what was nice about this one is, obviously, we've got a subplot with Keely and Jack, but they kept them very separate for this episode to really let Colin's story and, and then again Trent's story be told. I think that's... I think it would have been a disservice to to Colin's character to let it be kind of seen in as as everyone having the same journey him and Keely having the same journey when they're you know they're very different people and and every person goes through something different I think that was very wise of them to keep those split apart we know we saw we saw Keely at the start mentioned she was going to go and see Jack and then Roy mentioned to to Jamie that he thinks 
that Keely has a girlfriend, but that was it. And I think the but the inclusion of those those subtleties as well into it keeps that conversation flowing, which I think is definitely needed, especially within the kind of football context. You know, we've discussed in re- in real life how that kind of conversation hasn't doesn't really happen in the men's side of football. Um, so yeah, I just I love that, and it just was such a, a genuine moment, and you felt. You felt as if they, like these guys were your friends and you were just so happy for them and especially Colin just to be able to sit down and, and open up. Interesting thing which I saw on Twitter as well about this, that this, the scene where, you know, where they're sitting on the steps, that shot at this place in Amsterdam called the Homer Monument, uh, which was opened in 1987. And I'm just seeing it on Wikipedia. It was the first monument in the world to commemorate gays and lesbians who were killed by the Nazis. Um so just another really nice way the show there's so much subtlety to the show just so much subtext uh uh which i find really amazing uh jackson you know the other thing i was watching this this entire scene them dancing together them talking through it but at no point during it did i feel like this was oh my god will they get together oh my god is there something gonna happen between them like that thought didn't come to it like come to me at all like it was just such a almost like such a purity to their friendship which i'm like i don't want them to get romantically involved no i I, yeah for sure i think um they they handled it perfectly (laughs) um and they made it a a very sweet moment where uh the only expectation that we had for it was uh trent providing support for colin um and i think that part of that is just the character development that we've had from from those two you know throughout the show um trent is always listening you know um he's you know he's always the fly on the wall so when he does speak it's it's like you take him very seriously and uh and then colin you know a quiet guy who obviously struggles with some self-confidence like him being able to kind of pour himself out there and be open and honest with trent uh it just it just felt like too you know felt exactly how it was portrayed to uh, men, you know, sharing their kind of their struggles with uh, some, you know, dealing with, you know, this part of them that shouldn't define them, but does in our society and especially in the society of professional sports. And uh, like you mentioned off the top, Colin saying he doesn't want to be a spokesperson. Like he, I think he knows if he does come out, he automatically becomes one. And uh, that's probably it'll be kind of cool to see what how he decides to treat that uh, impending decision down the road. Let, let's move to uh, another two men who spent a night together in Amsterdam, uh, different circumstances. Uh, I think Jamie and Roy, uh, just another great Jamie and Roy episode. I, I think I saw someone on Twitter say that, you know, if they just make a spinoff on these two just doing shit together, like jamie and roy go fishing you know jamie and roy go to the gym together i would watch the hell out of that man like i just found everything so funny um there's just something about um the way jamie was in this episode about just knowing so much about amsterdam uh like when he says stuff like oh you know this is where the fault in our stars benches and then he says the movie like just so funny um Emma, what what stood out to you about that? Yeah, I loved it. I think one of my favorite bits is when Roy falls off the bike and um, James was like, "Right," and we get straight back up again. It was just like, 
you know, like one of those moments learning to ride a bike where you've had like, you know, your your the parental encouragement or, or the encouragement from whoever's whoever's trying to teach you. And it was just so nice that Roy's been trying to help Jamie out with this like fitness and, and getting himself to the top level. And then Jamie's actually instead of just going, Oh, you can't ride a bike, well that I'm gonna go off without you, he's gone, No, let's let's teach you to ride a bike and and I, Jamie mentioned all those memories he had the different memories in Amsterdam with his dad and with his mum and then I also think it's nice that he's making some really nice memories with with a friend as well and and having that that experience and yeah it was just so lovely just how Jamie was so um keen to teach Roy and and have Roy be involved and and also what better place to do it than Amsterdam which is just like cycling capital basically. Jamie teaching Roy how to ride a bike is the most I've laughed uh, throughout this season. Um, it was just great. The whole, the whole, everything about it. Um, I find it super cool how the show is like this relationship between Roy and Jamie is supposed to be Roy as the mentor training Jamie. And yeah, that's happening. They're running together, doing push-ups, and I'm sure Jamie's becoming a better footballer. But as far as what we see, it really feels more like Jamie's teaching Roy about you know things in life more than what Roy's teaching Jamie. And that's just a, it's a good uh, subtle diversion that we're getting. Um, and I think we're seeing Roy become very self-aware, and uh, we're we're seeing him kind of grapple with with this keely news i thought it was a very interesting decision to not show keely and jack together um and you know since we don't see them maybe we can just get this out of the way now but i think like that decision to me makes it seem like this isn't really going to be a lasting thing in ted lasso like you would imagine if this was a relationship that the creators intend on making forever we would get to see them have this wonderful moment together in one of the most beautiful parts of all the world but uh they decided not to whether that's for budget constraints or because it's uh just not you know a big part of the show i think jack and keely's dynamic is more of a a way for us to learn about about roy and how he's he's handling that uh i guess you can call it heartbreak or uh sadness of watching someone he cares about you know or knowing someone he cares about is with somebody else what did you make of um roy's uh not roy jamie's reaction to when uh roy says oh i think keely has a girlfriend he just says hmm like like do you think that this is something he knew about keely uh, do you think it was something he didn't want to pry into? Like, what did you make of that reaction? I don't know. I, I didn't really make too much of it. I think Jamie, like Keely's been quite open about, um, you know, <laughs> being attracted to women. Uh, we, as we discussed last podcast, I think maybe, maybe Jamie just bit his tongue cause he knows that anything he says about Keely probably is, uh, my favorite part uh, with both of them was, uh, you know, when Jamie says that, yeah, I lost my virginity to one of the women behind a window. And Roy's like, oh, that must be traumatic. <laughs> and then he's like, no, it was great. She loved it. Uh, and he's like, oh, you meant for me. Yes. And I, I, I think the beauty of that is because uh, on one level, it just shows Jamie being Jamie and like just how inherently funny he is. But also on the other hand, it also showed their relationship where Jamie is used to, in a way, always being put down by Roy, right? About always being ready for digs. It's just like almost the most natural thing to say in like self-defense, but uh, just another layer, I think, to that. Um, No, beautiful scene. So where do you think this friendship moves now, Imo, with them? Like, 
how how does this develop like this was just such a like roy being so self aware about things that oh i project my negative emotions onto you can we just go back to doing that uh is there more tenderness in the friendship is it back to usual i would love to see jamie go with roy to that is it yoga class he does you know with the like all the old women i would love jamie just to embrace that and like they go along to her yoga together and you know they just have this brilliant friendship i think roy I think I spoke quite a lot in other episodes about hoping that Jamie was going to become more self-aware but actually I think it's it's happening to Roy more and he you know like like you said he's recognizing what he's doing more and and starting to be a bit more open and vulnerable I guess and and admit how how he's acting towards Jamie and that he's kind of taking out those negative emotions on him so yeah I think it's it's still a very odd dynamic with them given that Roy is kind of technically a coach and was always a star player and Jamie's trying to like reach those heights of, of Zaba and the, and the like but yeah I'd really like just to see a nice moment with them either like out for dinner or like at you know at the yoga place that we haven't actually seen for a while so I don't know what um Roy's yoga life's looking like at the moment but yeah so I think that they can just have a shared experience together that is like really meaningful to them I'd, I'd like to see that you know on this topic of just people talking about oh there should be a spin-off i want to hear from both of you right if this is going to be the last season and if we are to see a spin-off what spin-off do you want to see uh jackson i'm going to start with you i don't know that's a tough one i think uh if you made me choose like one character that like i'd like to learn about more i i'd love a uh leslie higgins origin story um like just uh, before he got to afc richmond the guy seems like just one of the coolest human beings alive and also simultaneously like the biggest nerd that you'd ever meet um which is my kind of human being and uh but i do think if this is the end of ted lasso coaching in london like i i wouldn't mind like still following afc richmond like how i I don't know how feasible that is and that kind of gets into our discussions we've had about how important is Ted as a character. And I think he's getting more and more important as this season goes on. Um, whereas maybe in the beginning, we kind of expected it to focus on some of the other people, but I do think he's like starting to become more of a central character in the show again. But I mean, Hey, if he goes back to America, like is Roy the natural successor as the manager of AFC Richmond, I would be completely cool watching that show of Roy navigating this club and, and being the head guy and, you know, who does he hire as an assistant? Um, but Leslie Higgins origin story, I guess is, is my, my answer. I think I'd quite like to see a, a Trent story, like kind of like the same kind of origin story. We found out a bit more about him and a bit more, I guess this is kind of just the journalist in me wanting to see his career and like how he's got to where he is and, and with, you know, whether he's, you know, we haven't seen him be openly gay apart from telling Colin about it and whether that's, you know, everyone knows or or it's not really a, a thing that he talks about and how he navigates that as well, I think would be great. But yeah, just seeing more about Richmond because I think unlike, you know, we see West Ham and, and stuff, it, they're not a real team, but I think I, I really miss this kind of like fanatical team, especially given that we live around Richmond area. It just, it seems so lovely to have this connection with this show that is something that, you know, we, we can't go down and watch them. So it'd just be nice to know kind of what's what's going on with them. I guess we could maybe see it from 
maybe the is it Will the kit guy's like perspective? We could maybe see like his his like um point of view on on his like day to day Richmond or like an episode on each player or something. But yeah, I think. I think, especially after that last episode, I loved it so much. I, I'm not ready for it to be over uh, when the time comes. <laughs> did guys did did Will have a threesome with the? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he ends the conversation with his mom saying, "I was invited to," but I don't know if he did. Or... <laughs> yeah. I think he did. I'm I'm gonna back my boy Will here. <laughs> you know, like the way like like the girl was giving him the eye throughout, and like I don't know, like. I, I would love if he had, man. That would be amazing. You know, I was thinking about it. Like, why is this episode, like, why has so many people resonated so strongly with it? And um, this is my theory, and I want to know what you guys think about it as well. Um, I think the show has reached a point where it knows exactly what it is, right? And it's one of those times where it has just, it took away the football part of it completely, and it just focused on who these people are in a new environment, in a new setting where they can actually get a little bit deeper into some of the troubles and some of their issues. And I think that's what makes Ted Lasso what it is, right? Like we've always spoken about how it's a workplace comedy, dramedy uh, based around football. Uh, and I think it just really tapped into that side of things and kind of brought it back in a nice way, right? You start with the game against Ajax and then you kind of circle back to total football. So it's still football is the big part of the show. But I think what made it so amazing was for me personally that we didn't really have much of the sport or anything about it uh, for the majority of the episode. The episode's getting a lot of like mixed reviews in the sense like people that are fans of Ted Lasso from like, I think like what you said, the show knows what it is. And the people that are fans of Ted Lasso for what the show like originally conspired to be, I think, which is like this feel good comedy, like where you're supposed where it's supposed to resonate with you, like believe in yourself, like belief is the most powerful drug um, other than fake mushrooms and tea uh, is that like <laughs> it's resonating with people who enjoy the show for that reason. And then there's kind of this critical analysis where you anytime you get a show as popular as this, that's won Emmys, like people are going to expect maybe some higher standards of, of television, you know, like where you're, I don't know, you know, diving into deeper issues and really uh, telling a very like well thought coherent story. And I think this does that. But, you know, some people are criticizing just how long this was the, you know, all the characters are there's like too much going on and everything. And I couldn't disagree more with that. But I understand why people think that way. But I think it's just it's a, it's it's Ted Lasso, like, at its core, which is, you have to like, have belief, and you have to, you know, struggle with your own personal demons to become a better person. And I think every single, you know, subplot in this um, episode has hints of of that you know development and that storyline that we want these characters to go through and i think particularly the ones that hit well um you know the team in the hotel lobby kind of a waste of time right like it was just all to have a scene of these professional athletes like having a pillow fight at the end which is cool but you know was it really necessary to turn maybe what could have been a 50 minute show into 60 minutes maybe not but i think 
Ted, Rebecca, Colin, like it's, it's true. Like hope, uh, has sprung forth for all, like for most of the characters. And, uh, you know, Ted, in the first season, Ted says he hates the phrase. It's the hope that kills you. Cause it's, you know, hope is what makes you feel alive in a way. And I think that's kind of what this, this episode has given all of our characters is we can be hopeful as them, uh, hopeful of them and where the season's going as we cross the halfway point. I like the Leslie and Will little plot line there. I, th- I thought it was just very wholesome, very nice. Uh, and in a way, they both seem, you know, like two people cut out from the same cloth. Uh, but just the way they got along so naturally. Uh, I loved when, you know, when they're walking to like the bar in the red light district, just Will is like, you know, is, is everything okay at home? <laughs> like he just asks that, which <laughs> is just so amazing. Um and just the entire thing, I also, uh, so when I watched it, uh, the episode again for the second time, I noticed this. Um, so you know how uh, Will picks a seat right in the middle, right? And then Leslie's like, oh, why are you picking something so central? You want to be far away. And then, of course, Leslie's like, you know, he's going through the motions and he gets called up on stage. And you kind of realize that maybe Leslie has always had this in him and he used to do these things is feeling the music so strongly, but always slinking away in the corner. And this is the first time he's been seen like this. And, uh, and that's all because of Will, perhaps unwittingly. I think like Leslie, we've seen him, you know, that the Christmas episode where he had unintentionally the whole team around at his house, pretty much all the players that had no nowhere to go. And I think he just really scoops people up when at the start of the of the show completely he wasn't treated very well by the players he was ignored by them and he was ignored by Rebecca and she wasn't very nice to him but actually the more that people have grown to trust him he's become a really integral part of of the team and then scooping Will up who probably feels a bit displaced himself he's he's quite young he's not a player he's but he's not a coach he's just kind of there with them and Leslie's ability to just kind of take him under his wing and like go out with them and then yeah to see Leslie like celebrate the things he enjoys I think was just a really nice moment um in that and just seeing how these two different kind of generations can still interact and like and how Will clearly had a great time when it probably was something he was very apprehensive about and and how they both just had a great night I really enjoyed that that subplot of it as well I think the one which there's just so much to unpack I think what happens with Rebecca and uh Ball Dutchman uh, we don't even know his name. Uh, yeah. Just beautiful episode. Like, just not the just beautiful part of it. Them on the houseboat, uh, dancing together, singing together. Um, and just seeing Rebecca so free. Uh, she just looks always so high strung the whole time. Uh, and you, this show kind of, like, it shows that in different ways, right? Like, how she's always wearing heels, but here she's getting a foot massage. And... You know, just showing that how this is the first time you're just seeing a free Rebecca where she's wearing that the dress of his ex-wife and everything. And it, he, she just looks so different. And um, I loved it. Like to me, just seeing Rebecca like that, uh, just it just made me happy. Uh, as you said, Jackson, just hopeful for her as well again. Yeah, I it's I I genuinely have zero idea what this means for her character moving forward which is exciting um last week i had maybe a dark prediction about her and i think it's probably time to walk that back uh i just like 
I would hate for that to be the end end scenario after, you know, how, like you said, how uh, nice it was to see her relaxed and enjoying herself. Um, but, you know, where does she go from here? Is she, does she seek out this Dutch man in the future? Um, is this just a turning point for how she views her um, divorce with Rupert? Because it seemed like she was kind of struck by how... Um, settled uh the her the dutch boatman was after his divorce and how he had found you know even though he still has a negative relationship with her like he's it seemed like he had found closure um and I, hopefully that can motivate her um for the first time i'm questioning my serious doubt about ted and rebecca getting together after all those text messages that ted sent her uh i just i don't know it seems like she's definitely at like a crossroads of it it can go different directions but like you said there's there's hope that she's you know going to find happiness and, and peace in the end um and i think it was good to see her to let her hair down and relax for a brief amount of time and uh, i hope she reunites with uh with dutch boat fellow emma do you think we'll be seeing dutch boat fellow again yes because my theory is that she's pregnant and this is where the family is going to come from so I think she'll have to go back and find him. So that I'm hoping that's that's now where I'm thinking because we did think it was going to be like Ted's family that she was going to have, but I've just got this sneaky suspicion that this is she's going to have a Dutch family now. So, and I also quite like you know we we just mentioned that we we see her so put together all the time. You know, her hair's perfect, makeup, outfits, heels, but then suddenly she was quite literally forced to strip that all back after falling in the river. And we just see her in her like her natural form. You know, she's there in like some random guy's dressing gown, just out of the shower, but looking so relaxed. And the and you know, I think a Rebecca we'd seen in the first season would have would have been like, no, I'm not. I'm not seeing this man. I've I've got to go home. I've you know would have found a way to move out of that situation to get herself away as soon as possible. But she was open to the idea of of like chatting to a stranger and and being comfortable in someone else's presence. I also think it helped that this was in Amsterdam. So it's not someone that, you know, in Richmond that would know who she was or would know who um, Rupert was or, or someone like that. I think it was just nice that again, we just saw her be herself and, and singing like she's, she's so good at, it. and I think Hannah, the actress as well is an amazing singer and she's been on kind of multiple like theater shows. And I just think it was really nice to see not only Rebecca as a character, but Hannah as an actress, like shine through again with, like that side of her and that that was really nice to see did they like this was just left me so confused at the end right when uh like did they hook up like you know when at the thing he's like when he's just talking to himself and he's like did we like he's like we did and i'm like what is he talking about here you know like it did something happen because in the previous scene you clearly see like he goes into the bedroom and she's on the couch um but i'm like I'm really confused about what's happening here. Um, maybe, maybe this was the night she got pregnant. You know, maybe this was the night she got pregnant. This is what uh, I think. <laughs> but uh, and I mean, Emo, do your point about like his family, like that is true because he does say at some point that he does have a family, right? It's not that he just lives alone. Uh, so that could be uh, a potential storyline to take forward there. Um, but you know, Jackson, you were saying that you think that. Uh, that maybe Ted and Rebecca with the messages and everything, that's something there. Uh, but like, like to me, I just felt like 
seeing Rebecca with this man, uh, I was like, she doesn't need someone like Ted right now. Like, he is so unstable. Um, you know, like, right now, all Rebecca needs is a man who is confident, secure, and, like, someone who can actually take care of her and really just kind of be like her rock. And Ted is not that person right now, I think. No, he's not. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm anti Ted and Rebecca, but, uh, so like, you're not going to get a disagreement from me there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this was a sign that she's closer than she ever has been to finding someone. Um, you know, I, I think it's no coincidence that they showed us her ex-boyfriend with a new wife last episode, and then they had us you know, have this moment and this sequence of her with uh, a new, the, the Dutch man, this episode, there's clearly like, this is where you've been and this is where you need to be headed. Um, and I just to get, I don't think they had sex. I think the, the, what did we at the end? And then he says, yes, we did. I think that's just like him saying like, we did have a very strong connection and like we we did like have a wonderful night and and make like a connection that's worth pursuing is my optimistic viewpoint on the the did we uh lines that they had so but no i think you're right i think ted is that that is a 30 year old wisdom jackson this is a 30 year old <laughs> wisdom which we have you on this yeah. podcast for here i am talking yeah. about if they've hooked up and this is what you give me you know <laughs> that's it man like <laughs> but no that's amazing uh anything else guys before we wrap up uh anything else which stood out to you guys from this episode we finally have ted coming up with some tactics albeit in a very strange way but we have ted come out with some tactics which you guys wanted to see last time so finally ted's doing something right shit we haven't even spoken about that storyline <laughs> completely i know <laughs> i just realized like there's just so much other uh, but Jackson, what did you make of that? What did you make of Ted discovering his inner Johan Cruyff? Uh, I thought it was, it's good to see, you know, you've been clamoring for the tactics. I haven't really like, I I've wanted them, but haven't been upset that they're not there. But now that I'm seeing that I, it makes, it's makes sense. This is kind of the evolution of him as a coach to actually care about the football and to be more involved on that side of things. And, uh, I thought I thought it was a really good Ted episode. Him uh, fake tripping on mushrooms or whatever psychedelics uh, Coach Beard had in his back pocket that ended up just being a placebo effect. Um, I loved, you know, they handled American Corner for me going to that bar. What was it? The Yankee Doodle Burger Bar, I think it was called. which I thought was hilarious that they had Australian people working there because it made me think back home in America. We've got a place called Outback Steakhouse, which is an Australian place that Americans work at. And uh, their signature dish at Outback Steakhouse is the Bloomin' Onion, a fried onion dish. And of course, Ted got onion rings at uh, this American place. So I don't know if that was intentional or not, but uh, I thought I, I really liked, you know, I don't think Ted, there, it was it's a huge change right the but like the steps along the way weren't really obvious but it was just fun to watch him f- find his coaching self in amsterdam no it was it was just pretty crazy <laughs> like i love the way at the end uh where 
Coach Beard's like, you know, you should call this total football, you know, like the way he just drops that. Uh, so funny. And I think there's just so much, quite a strong Michael Jordan uh, episode as well. Uh, you know, you have uh, Coach Beard kind of explaining Johan Cruyff's legacy through Jordan. Then there's the game with the Bulls in the box. Uh, incidentally, happens to be three years of the last dance releasing this week. So all tied in quite well. Uh, Amsterdam is the only place I could have put a kind of like montage like that together. And we like, it's not completely stupid. Like, you know, the like psychedelics and stuff. Like if that had just been him sat in Richmond and then that kind of scene, I'd have been like, that's so annoying. I kind of would like to have seen him come to the conclusion more like periodically and like how, and rather than kind of a flash, you know, a, a different kind of moment. Cause you know, sometimes like that um, Coach Beard episode a few seasons ago, the one that was just a bit strange and stuff like that, like it kind of taints it for me slightly, but I do still think that, yeah, the setting was appropriate for it to make it not too much out of place, which I think was sensible of them um to kind of do it there and and yeah to I I would like to see how they go on. I don't know if they're gonna do the completely kind of predictable thing if this is gonna win them like the championship now, Ted's whole epiphany of these tactics mm-hmm. or I don't know how it's gonna go. I'd quite like to see it still be on a realistic, you know, maybe they'll win a few games and they'll they'll beat West Ham the next time round, but you know, stay realistic with the with the storyline of it. But yeah, we see Ted again like you know, he's, it'd be interesting to know how his interactions with Rebecca are in the following episode. If he thinks, you know, he, she said, oh, my, my phone's in the river. So if that's him going to think, oh, that was just why, or if he's, if he's going to have this kind of chip on his shoulder about, about her not replying to his messages and stuff, or if that's, that's it for Ted and Rebecca, you know, they're just going to continue being friends and workmates and Ted's just going to put it to one side. I don't know. So yeah, I think it, it set up more than it, maybe discovered I guess this tactic could be a big discovery but it was nice to just see him kind of bobbling around Amsterdam trying to find himself I guess you know when Rebecca says uh, my phone's at the bottom of the canal and he's like is that Keats like that just cracked (laughs) me up so much this is the longest episode we've done so far makes sense it was the longest Ted Lasso episode I think ever uh, but no, that just shows there was so much to talk about. Jackson Imo, uh, thank you again for joining me. Uh, and thank you, listener, for tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, that helps with just helping more people find it. Check out some of the previous episodes we've done on Ted Lasso. Um, this week, uh, I did an interview with George Tobel. Uh, about the Azim Rafiq scandal so if cricket is your thing even if cricket's not your thing uh, I still think you should listen to it there's a lot of interesting stuff about racism cancel culture um, and yeah uh, a lot of fun stuff for you to dive into there 